0: Should we record? Are we? We're record? We've been oh. recording
1: since Derek got on the call.
0: That's very smart of I'm us. I'm
1: not messing oh, around. God. You're an intelligent person. I am very.
2: Edit out all that crap about Peter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> It'll never see the light of day. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, we'll get started then. Yeah. Welcome to the Ask Adverb Podcast. I'm Adam. And I'm Tyler. And we're joined today by friend of the pod, friend of adverb, friend to all. Friend of of the people. Man of the people. Friend of good
0: times. Friend of joviality.
1: His name is Derek Hovinga, and he is the Uh, founder and and principal at the Inbound Lab. Welcome, Derek.
2: Thanks for having me. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a friend to all. I mean, there's some people I probably won't. You know, break bread with. But hey, I'm. I'll break bread with you guys any day. Cool. We're
0: actually here to list uh, all those people. Yeah. Uh, just name your enemies, like all right. Ari- like Arya Stark, and uh, we'll go from there.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I have a. I have a list. It's over here on my whiteboard. Um, <laughs> a couple names start, crossed off. Let's start off. with politics. Yeah, I've got them categorized. One is one is politics. Um we won't get into that. <laughs> that's a,
1: uh, that's very Nixonian of you. <laughs> yeah. I I'm very pleased to say. Um before we get into the yeah, pod. It's like
2: like my murder list. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
1: before we before we get into the show, we're gonna talk to Derek about uh what he does and what he thinks of the of the marketing industry and all that stuff. So we will get into enemies lists. Uh we have to talk about our sponsor, yes, Highlands Liquor. Highlands Liquor. Oh yeah. So Derek, I, I know you were going to try and yeah. get one of these beers. Did you manage to?
2: Oh, you oh got yeah, buddy. he got it. He sourced it in Calgary. I got my connections. Dang. Okay. So I got he, my connections.
1: So this is a, this is a beer that, that Highlands Liquor provided to us from Arcadia Brewing. Now, Tyler, is that love, ire and sour, or is it love irie and sour? I think it's ire, right? Okay, yeah. Right. So it's yeah. a sour beer that Tyler will not
2: enjoy. Oh Yeah, Yeah, I'm not a big sour beer fan myself.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'll reiterate the ringing endorsement I gave last uh, pod, which is I think sour beers taste like you drank a really good beer and then threw it up in your mouth.
1: It it does have a (laughs) bile-esque taste. (laughs) Not this beer. No, that's not what I'm saying. (laughs) This is, uh, okay, so compared to, we had a beer last pod that was. uh,
0: A sour IPA.
1: From uh, Newfoundland. Newfoundland, yeah. Yeah. And I liked it. You hated it. I did. Uh, Mike is clearly playing a joke on us, Mike from Highlands Liquor. Um, what did you think when you took a sip of this sour beer, Derek? Uh,
2: you know what? I haven't taken a sip yet. I'll uh, I'll do it. I'll make – I, I feel like – so I'm not a big sour beer fan. Uh, I feel like I have to, like, aerate the beer, so I'm <laughs> pouring it into a glass Nice. Um, as well. Not sure if you could hear that in the mic, but I'm trying to do, like – Oh radio of the mind or whatever you call it (laughs) we can add that we'll add that in post
1: we'll add that in post okay perfect (laughs) okay oh theater of the mind that's what it's called yeah theater of the mind but
2: Mm. yeah it's uh it's 10 a.m i'll give this a shot and see what i think of it
1: tyler tyler thinks he's gonna try it Mm, it's actually not too bad i mean it's not too sour it's clearly a sour beer but it's not like The worst sour beer.
0: Ingredients are barley, wheat, oats, hops, water, yeast, and disgusting sour flavor.
1: (laughs) And sour patch kids.
0: (laughs) I just, I don't like it. Um, But I do like Highlands Liquor. I do too. I also like Arcadia Brewing. You and I went there yesterday and had a great time. Um, Highlands Liquor. Yeah. Uh, Go to hell, you dicks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) HighlandsLiquor.ca. Check them out and thanks for supporting the podcast. So, Uh, Derek, let's get into it, man. We, we want to know, we want to know everything about you, starting with how you got into, to content marketing and inbound marketing.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I feel like this is a long story, but basically I was in high school. I was on the wrestling team. I was, uh, given the opportunity to have a wrestling scholarship at, uh, uh, a school in Spokane, <laughs> Whoa. but my mother, uh, part of me, I, I was just like, Whoa, Spokane.
1: That's awesome. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I know. Right. Yeah. It's, it's the big time. <laughs> um, but my mother, uh, who is a Indonesian lady, strong work ethic was like, no, you will not go to university, uh, and try to become a wrestler and an Olympic wrestler, uh, Truth be told, I just wanted to use wrestling to become a professional wrestler, like uh, Stone (laughs) Cold Steve Austin, at the time. So my mom, I think my mother knew that, and she's like, "No, you're going to work with your uncle in construction." So I worked construction for a number of years to the point where I got my carpentry ticket. uh, I managed crews and all that. I started my own subcontracting business, and then at around like 26, I was like. God, this is, like, really hard work. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, I think it was around 2008, I think, was, like, the first recession or, or one of the recessions of our modern era, and... Uh, you know, I wasn't making a lot of money doing construction anymore, so I wanted to get into, uh, I always loved film and television, so I wanted to get more into doing video production, so I started doing like shorts with uh, a bunch of my friends, uh, one of them is now like a, a CBC guy, he's uh, Kim's from Kim's Convenience. His name's Andrew Fung. Wow. Um, he's like my best friend that I used to do shorts with. We've since removed all those shorts because they didn't age very well. And, uh, he's he's like famous now. Yeah. Um, so I did that while doing construction still. And then I realized, okay, I got to like just give this up. Go and go back to school. I went into broadcasting school, uh, not because I wanted to be a radio broadcaster or anything, but after broadcasting school, I became a radio broadcaster. Uh, that was mostly by accident. And the reason for it was because the radio station was in the same building as City TV, and I wanted to get into television, um, to create content for television. Um, so I worked the morning show, uh, the morning the radio station was called cool 101.5 hits from today and back in the day <laughs> um and it was they were very early mornings i made like twenty-eight thousand dollars annually um which wasn't much <laughs> for somebody who uh recently just left his own business um and then uh yeah and then uh, i uh all of a sudden, I saw this job posting for a company, an agency in Calgary called V-Strategies and their video production company. Um, uh, they're awesome. They do great work, mostly around corporate video, but we've done commercials and and, and all that type of stuff and, and long-form documentaries. And it was awesome to be able to produce and direct content. And then uh, I decided that, you know what, people are spending a lot of money on videos and they're it's like one and done. So you have like this client, they come in, they say, Hey, I've got a hundred thousand dollars to spend on a one minute video. And I'm just like, wow, they said yes to that. Uh, so I decided it was time to, uh, come up with like a strategic approach to video content. So I developed like, uh, the, the, the video strategy department at V strategies, um, which is still going today, which is awesome. Um, So just basically leveraging as much of the video content that we can for all the other channels instead of just you know for broadcast, we're using it for the social channels. I think Vine was one of the channels back then. Nice, Um, nice, RIP. Yeah, yeah. And then I got recruited to uh, ZGM, which was really funny because they recruited me for something that has nothing to do with content. It was uh, digital project management, so managing web builds. Um, which is cool because I still got to do like web content while I was while I was there. I got to learn a lot about user experience and, and how the customers should be interacting with the website and, and where we want to drive them to. And that really helped me uh, in terms of wh- what I do now with, with like landing pages and, and content offers and, and what have you, blog content. Um, and then they sent me randomly to uh, a conference in Boston called Inbound. Uh, which is run by CRM specialist HubSpot. Um, And inbound uh, is basically focused on this new, I guess like not necessarily new, they're like 10 years old uh, marketing methodology called inbound marketing, where you're authentically trying to uh, generate leads and turn them into customers and delight your customers. And I really like that approach because it focused mostly on content, which was awesome and not so much hard selling of your product or service, mostly just about educating your uh, ideal customer prospects so that they can make an educated decision around their purchase. And then uh, COVID hit and it was Thanksgiving Day and I went to a pub with my fiance um it was like when's thanksgiving october november yeah I october remember. i think it was october yeah so i gave my three-month notice after we came back from the long weekend to my boss and now friend well he was my friend back then to peter bishop <laughs> and uh um yeah i gave him my three-month notice which he was like wow that's like the biggest <laughs> like longest notice ever. Like, why don't you just go now? And I'm like, uh, no, because I want to build momentum for this business that I'm going to start. He's like, Oh, what? Like, yeah, I'm starting my own inbound marketing business because, uh, during COVID, a lot of our paid media clients were reallocating their marketing dollars to content marketing, email marketing, uh, something that's, in my opinion, is a lot more cost effective. And since I was the only inbound marketer at the company, um, I felt like, why am I here when I can just do this on my own? So since uh, January 2nd, I guess, because, you know, I took January 1st off, obviously. (laughs) January 2nd was basically the start of my company, and I've been doing it since. So January 1, 2021. So just a few months before you folks started Adverb.
1: Yeah, well, that's awesome, man. Um, Was that that an easy decision for you uh, to leave the sort of comfort of, an agency job such as it is to, to start your own thing? Like, weren't you scared shitless?
2: Oh, oh my gosh. I'm sure you guys know too, but <laughs> I just, yeah, like I need I, to be validated, I,
1: but we, we weren't oh, contending
0: absolutely. professional rest- wrestlers. So you might feel fear differently than we do, <laughs> you know? Exactly.
2: Yeah. 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 That's true. I mean, if, if it was my professional wrestling career, my record would be terrible. So <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was, It was actually terrifying like i basically made the decision i hadn't been planning this at all so you know money hasn't been put into my bank account thinking oh one day i'm going to start my own business uh money was put in my bank account because i wanted to go on vacation (laughs) i was like oh here's my vacation fund so i used my vacation funds basically to start my business um and i had no clients up until i think a month after I started yeah um, but I still was able to build that momentum with content to start you know getting my clients in which is a great case study for what I do because basically that's what I'm trying to convince uh, my clients to do is just focus on content and then uh, you'll receive some long-term value out of your customers uh, eventually <laughs> so yeah it's uh you know it's been it's had its ups and downs this summer has been a little bit lower uh, which is totally cool because then I can like, you know, take a break, work on my own stuff, start working on case studies. Cause that's something I hadn't done oh, in, yeah. since I started. Yeah. That's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to work on their own marketing. Yeah. No, but, that, that is definitely rough.
1: We've, yeah. uh, we've, we felt the same way about case studies. I think we wrote two when there was a brief lull. Yeah. And now we're just, I've got a list. Someday. Yeah. Someday.
0: Yeah. We'll get you to write
1: them.
2: I know. <laughs> Hey, sure, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Derek, I mean you you're also you, I, I mean, I read your content online you you're studying the the approaches that different brands take to content marketing what are what are brands getting right, and what are they getting wrong in content marketing that you're seeing these days?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I just published something. Oh, published. I posted something on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram today. I love how I call it published. Like, <laughs> it's like something fancier than it is. But basically, it's just a photo of myself with a quote unquote thought leadership quote over top of uh, of me. Is it you <laughs> um, cro- cro- I, crying I, as a CEO? Oh, my gosh. Let's get into that a little bit later <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um Because that is definitely a don't when it comes to content marketing. Um, actually you know what i've got two minds on that let's we'll, we'll, let me get to that a little bit um but i think the biggest thing for content marketing and it's put, content marketing is huge right now as you know in 2022 uh businesses are looking to you know engage with their customers and and generate more leads using organic content um i think there's you know a few things that you need to think about in terms of creating content um and this is this isn't something that i came up with but it's something that i've learned through following people uh like chris walker and folks like that but i think utilizing content to one uh first create demand for your category um so basically you know it's kind of uh like for example like the electric car wasn't designed until people uh started to feel like hey they need to be Figure out more environmentally friendly transportation solutions, right? So it's creating content that not that's not necessarily around your product or service, but around the category that you want to fit in, right? So that's creating demand for uh, the 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 solution that you might have and then creating content that captures demand. So, you know, now that your content is based on the category that you have and you've defined your audience members problems. Now you use content to capture demand by showing your product uh, and how it offers a solution to to any problem that your ideal customer prospect has. And then I think the third one is uh, full funnel content marketing too. I think Content's great for brand awareness, like I said, creating demand and capturing demand. But I think there needs to be content that's created uh, full funnel. And I, and I know in 2022, buyers don't necessarily uh, consume their content like in, in a lateral yeah. way and say, oh, okay, yeah, like I'm aware of this company. Now I'm going to consider this company. So now I'm and then I'm going to find content that helps me make a decision around this company. Um, but I still think you need to create content that uh, enters each part of that funnel. So awareness, again, consideration and close. And then, of course, uh, something that I always harp on on all my social channels and with my clients and even what I do personally is that customer marketing piece. Uh, we often tend to forget our customers. Uh, we shouldn't because it's like the cheapest way to uh, market because they're already your customers. So basically just create creating content material that uh, helps them achieve success with their product that they bought from you and kind of guides them to increase revenue with your company so you can use it to you can use content to upsell hey here are some new features that we've got going on if you're like a SaaS software company Um, or you can use it user generated content getting content from them social proof um having them provide you with uh you know testimonials and help you create case studies and maybe write reviews on Google and and what have you Um, and then increase uh, customer acquisition as well so uh, you know uh, peer when people hear uh, things from their their peers their friends their families or you know people in your office or whatever um, they'll potentially trust that more than they would trust any other company because every company has a you know, has the mindset to sell their product. Right. So, um, I think customer marketing is a huge part of that content marketing funnel as well.
1: Yeah. I wonder like, just based on that part of the conversation, how do you do a lot of work or, or what do you think of the value of working with influencers sort of like paid word of mouth? Is that like, yeah, I I worry about, I was sometimes worry about like the authenticity of that
2: totally and uh you know i uh, i don't want to say it but i'll say it i don't like working with influencers um and that's the reason for that is because mostly i'm b2b and there are no business to business influencers (laughs) like you're not gonna you're not gonna see like this uh this person go up and be like hey yeah i visited this this glass manufacturing plant the other day and i really (laughs) enjoyed their plant here is the entrance to the warehouse. Here's the conveyor belt. I rode it a little bit, and I got yelled at by the uh, <laughs> managing supervisor on staff. Um, I don't know. It's just it's just not something that I like. What I do like about influencer marketing, mostly around events, restaurants, for instance, mm-hmm. is they. Uh, I think the biggest part is that brand awareness piece, and they're making me aware that this product or or restaurant or or service exists. Um, Which is great. And then I can do my own research after that. I'm not going to necessarily go directly to this business just because uh, this influencer told me to. But I'm going to do my own research because I'm a buyer in 2022. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think there's there's a need for it. Um, Maybe just not in the B2B space, (laughs) at least. Not from any experiments that I could think of.
0: I do think there are industries like travel or restaurants or something, clothes, right? That where totally. it's a much better fit.
1: Yeah. I do think there's a potential mm. for us, the three of us, to collaborate on a TikTok channel called The B2B Marketer. And it's just like absurd scenarios, like what Derek described at the glass. <laughs> Glass making factory. We could become the
0: first first manufacturing influencers. That would be crazy.
2: That would be awesome. There must be micro. Yeah, I would love to be a B2B influencer.
0: There must be like micro influencers in that space. Like your buddy uh, is a contractor and you're like, I actually (laughs) like love when he recommends products to me or something, but they probably aren't. Professional influencers. No, no, not definitely not. Yeah,
1: that'd be
2: there are influential
0: people, but they might not be professional influencers Yeah, Yeah. totally.
2: Yeah, they're basically yeah, they're the quote-unquote thought leader, right? Right. So I have a I have a buddy that I used to do construction work with and he's a painter Mm -hmm. and He started watching what I do just with like the inbound marketing or the inbound lab stuff that I do He's just like, you know what? I'm gonna start doing this for my painting company and man, his content is amazing. I'm like, oh, awesome. what? It makes me want to like go back into construction. Yeah. Like so much educational stuff that he's providing there. And like if I needed to paint my house, he'd be the first person to call. Uh, not just because he's my friend, but because now I, I know about him. I had no idea he was doing all this content. And I had no idea about certain things that painters go through. Because, you know, back in the day, we were just shit on painters all the time. <laughs> I don't know, it always seemed like, Oh, they're decorating now. <laughs> While I'm like, building the frame of a house. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess it was just like an ego thing. But yeah, painter influencers who to thunk. Yeah, and not artists just like, like guys who just paint houses. Yeah, amazing. I mean, it, it can be mesmerizing.
0: I feel like there's a really like meditative Tiktok account waiting for us there. Right?
1: Someone who's taped off yeah. a wall and
2: they finish painting, yeah, like painting, really satisfying. Then they remove the tape, yeah, 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 yeah okay. totally. Let's get yeah. into this. Let's chat but, after but, the, after uh, the podcast. yeah, <laughs> yeah. But on the other side, it could be as fun as watching paint dry. So <laughs> true. Yeah. But, um, yeah, ch-
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the crying CEO. Sure, because I think I feel feel like you had something to say about that.
0: Yeah, I feel like you had, yeah, like you had strong opinions to to two well, competing uh, strong opinions to share. <laughs>
2: I wouldn't say strong opinions because you know if you go on LinkedIn this week, it's just your LinkedIn is inundated with people either defending the CEO or shitting on him. Um, I think when it comes to content marketing, I think it's really important to get your leadership involved because they're the folks who you know are, are basically they're the they're the inf- they're the influencers of the business. <laughs> Literally, because they say CEO on it. <laughs> um, but I think there's the right way to do it. And then there's the wrong way to do it. The, the right way is to educate. Um, but also, be, you can be vulnerable. Um, but make sure that vulnerability is also authentic. This CEO, I can't remember what the company's called, which is hilarious. Because you think you would get so much awareness around his company through this, through this Instagram or LinkedIn post. Um, I wonder how many takes it took for him to take a picture of himself crying. Even in his write-up, in the write-up, in the post itself, the caption itself, he says, oh, I've written this out three times. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you really thought about this post. And basically just was just sad about letting go of two people, which totally I understand. But do you have to publish about it? Like, come on, man. Yeah, please it was uh it was a lot
0: i think great leaders know when to when they need to be in the spotlight and when they need to put other people in the spotlight right like if you're letting people go that's my worst fear is that we like fail as a company and let our people down like i it would be devastating Mm. but Mm -hmm. it would be about them (laughs) right like not not me right yeah where and then i think um there are other yeah you talked about maybe um us knowing that we need to be in the spotlight around content marketing, right? As that we need to sometimes be Mm -hmm. the face of our company and put that like the best face forward uh, and own that. But I I think that to me, like in this situation, that's, that's what's at play here is this like, this person doesn't understand that this isn't about them right now. (laughs) The world doesn't need to know that you're sad.
2: Totally. Like, and it was so unauthentic, inauthentic. Sorry, English is my second language. <laughs> um, it was so, it was so uh, not authentic. <laughs> Nailed it um, to the point where I was like, and I've been in EO meetings, no, not as an EO member because I don't make two million dollars in revenue yet. <laughs> um, but I've been in meetings because uh, they're my clients. But I, I wonder, like, is this like some weird leadership group challenge where? this person was in charge of the this month's challenge
0: right he's like yeah
2: you need to go on linkedin and cry about a certain vulnerable moment that you had at work and he just decided to pick the time that he let go of two people at his business i'm like uh not cool man it's like you can talk about the sleepless nights that you have because you're wondering if you know this client is going to like the work that you've done or uh you know Uh, What's what's that term? Um, Depression. uh, (laughs) Depression. (laughs) Depression. um, Imposter syndrome. Right. Yeah. Like you talk about that type of stuff, stuff that's uh, not just vulnerable, but could be inspiring to hear from other people in your in your social networks. But uh, what this guy did was just that was just awful.
1: Yeah. Wasn't a great look.
0: So we wanted no. to ask you Derek about um about SEO, email marketing. Mm. What, what what's the state right. of these things right now? Kay. Do you think in 2022 that these are are dead industries? Like what's uh what oh, what what's, what's the state of these things right now?
2: Um I wouldn't say, okay, I'll, I'll start off. So I'll start with SEO first. I wouldn't say it's dying, um but I think it's just continuously evolving, right? I mean, Google just continues to update its algorithm, uh, just like the social channels do. I think just the way buyers these days buy are just much different. So especially if they're making huge purchases, right? So like we talk about the B2B space, maybe they're trying to buy some sort of SaaS software or machine learning program for their uh, for the business Um, or in the case of let's say B2C maybe buyers are doing some significant research around a big purchase um, like a car um, or a home Um, and I think you know, as they do this, they're still searching on Google. They're they're actively looking for um, you know answers for their to their search queries. They're they're looking at Google reviews. They're looking at comparison pieces on specific products or services. Um, so I think there's still an opportunity there to create and capture demand. Um, and I think if you sh- and, you know, let's face it, if you show up at the top of the search rankings, they're likely going to click on your site to learn more about what you have uh, to offer. Right. So and then they'll buy from you when when they're ready to. But um, I think. Uh and I don't want to shit on paid search. Sorry, am I allowed to swear on this oh, podcast? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Out. Yeah. Okay, thank God. Oh, phew. Sorry. Um okay. I, to- I told uh, our I sponsors to, on... to
0: go to hell in their ads, so <laughs> you're allowed to swear on this podcast.
2: Hey, by the way, this beer is actually pretty good. I'm actually enjoying it. Okay. It is good. Highlands liquor. Yeah. Highlandslicker.ca, baby. Yeah, thanks. Awesome. They're they're not in Calgary, but uh we do have a Highlander liquor uh that here is but not i don't know if they're related <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry you could just bleep that <laughs> uh you could just bleep that because they're not my sponsor whatsoever <laughs> we done. need uh, every one of our uh, listeners
0: in calgary to drive to edmonton and go to highlands liquor every time they need beer yeah that's the only way oh, that's I'm, I'm it's a small to, ask but that's what we're asking
2: i'm going to what's the address
1: It's Uh, in
0: Highlands, uh, and it's uh, (laughs) the liquor store.
1: You know what? I think their SEO is really good. You could just Google them.
2: (laughs) Right on. I'll check the reviews. Um, Good segue back into uh, the (laughs) SEO. Um, So uh, like I was saying, I don't want to shit on paid search, but um, I think in paid search, you know, if your competitors spend more than you on a specific term, uh, they get all the visibility, and and you basically miss out on on all that good stuff, right? But um, and of course, you know when they run out of money, the traffic pretty much stops as soon as you stop paying. So uh, I think paid search, paid SEO, that that's kind of dying a little bit because with organic SEO, I think you're really evening the playing field. You're um, you're basically providing one of the highest returns on any marketing strategy, in my opinion, online, of course, and. Um, and I think what's great about SEO still is that those organic SEO results are are long lasting. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't I just don't, I don't think SEO is dead. It's just mm-hmm. it's just continuously evolving and we just have to keep up with it. Yeah.
0: One of the things with SEO that I'm very, very curious about right now is I keep reading how the Gen Z folks are using TikTok for search and i'm i'm genuinely interested yeah. in the role seo could play in planning your tiktok content
2: totally i read that the other day that uh people that gen z's are uh are using tiktok for search and i think it was something about you know they're 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 too lazy to search and the algorithm is so good in tiktok that they're basically just serving you content uh that you're thinking about <laughs> yeah too lazy Which to search amazing. sounds
0: like every millennial article that used to come out, right? There the Gen Z's like, they right? found yeah. the best way to get the information as quickly as possible and the reaction's like, They're too lazy to search. Oh. Like <laughs> no, they just found a That's better a way really to good do point,
2: it. <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, you know. I, I talked about this on a on my most recent podcast with Mike Morrison, um, that I, I had him on, and he talked about how he hired a virtual assistant, and the virtual assistant's like 21 years old, and she's helping him learn how to uh, export documents into a PDF. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know what? My Gen Zers are they work smarter, not harder, right? Yeah,
1: I listened to that show. That was a good episode, Derek, and and. The part of that conversation that I found fascinating was that this person that he's hired as a virtual assistant, like every time he talks to her, she's somewhere else in the world. Like this is the life life. she's made for us. Yeah. It's
2: great. Maybe we should do that. Yeah, I I know. She's she's living my dream. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, Derek, um, where can folks find you online if they're curious about uh, content marketing and and learning more and and hiring you to become their B2B influencer? (laughs)
2: Actually, do you want to talk about the email part? Too? Oh
1: yeah, sorry. Yeah, just let's go back to that. already? No, sorry. Yeah.
2: <laughs> sorry, I, I I just don't want to. I don't still don't want you guys to be editing and be like, oh shoot, we forgot the email part. That he <laughs> yeah, let's about. let's talk about whether uh, or not
1: email is dead. Oh damn it, the Google sound.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the email thing, I think you know, email is basically my bread and butter. So it's a little biased for my for me, but I think email's not dead because. Uh, we're all checking our emails nonstop. At least ninety-nine percent of us. Maybe my my uncle isn't, but um, a lot of us are. Um, you know, we're all signing up for offers like discounts and and memberships to something. So I think to me, it's not that email is dead. I think um, the some things about email are dead, and it's just the approach that some marketers or business owners or uh, and this is where I always go into tangents. Our sales folks are using emails. The, the approach is that sales folks are using emails are dead just because, you know, they're typically using it to sell. So they're using it as cold outreach. Maybe somebody signed up for a white paper or something on a gated uh, page, which is terrible in 2022. But yeah. they're basically trying to sell to people even when they're not ready to buy. Um, another thing that's dead is impersonable messages, right? So, uh, personalization has been huge for the last couple of years and I think it's still driving results, which is weird to say, like even like subject line captions, like if you put like an emoji at the, the the front and back of your subject lines, for some reason they perform better. Or if Mm -hmm. you put like the most important words on your subject line in brackets, it performs better. Um, I can't show you the data to, to, to. To prove that but I've seen it <laughs> um, and then the other thing is that uh, some marketers are using email just as email where they're not basically providing content to that's relevant to the right people right mm-hmm. so they're not segmenting people but I think there's things that emails great for so you know driving more value with welcome series emails uh, they always say that welcome emails basically are the best way to Uh, get a sale as as quickly as possible, but to do it with more valuable content rather than sales messages newsletters obviously are still important and then providing offers right so like discount offers and whatnot i i get h&m emails all the time i barely shop there but i still click through because i want to see what they got because i got a sweet 10 percent discount on something yeah um so yeah i don't I, I don't think email's dead i think just uh the way some people are using it are is just a little too old school for me like we're not we're not trying to market like it's 1982 here uh, which email didn't exist but <laughs> but we're not just trying to sell you something these days we're actually just trying to provide you with uh, enough information to help you make a educated purchasing decision something yeah. i've
0: noticed with email is um how often i find folks reply to the emails they get as if you wrote it just for them like i think a lot of people's perception of email is still very one to one like this brand wrote for me. Uh, and I've, I've always, I've super, super fascinating, uh, that yeah. people. Yeah.
1: Um, well, and, and even in some of the marketing emails that I get, cause I subscribe to like all kinds of what's new on TikTok, what's happening in the marketing world, the authors, like it's, it's highly personalized. Like it says, Hey Adam at the beginning of everyone. And quite often with at least two of them, the authors are asking people to respond with like, to a specific question. They they're encouraging. Replies to the email, which I think is really interesting.
0: Yeah, and then we've That's seen awesome. people. There's pub- some authenticity that we've yeah. seen, like people publishing an email more often. Like a lot of cooks have moved into, like I'm going to send you an email newsletter instead of publishing a blog. Like, pub- yeah, putting a, right. a newsletter in your inbox. I think the industry is evolving in a really, really cool way, where it's kind of like, a, yeah, like a, a newspaper <laughs> put put in your inbox. Absolutely. You know? And it's fascinating.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's funny you say newspaper because I feel like a lot of uh businesses or agencies are starting to turn into like media companies if they're doing content, right? Totally. So, yeah, going going back to content marketing, right? The, like if you're, you know, if you have a podcast like yourselves, if you have like a video series or if you're doing like live Q&As on on Zoom or or whatever, you're basically creating a media company for yourself and just trying to push out as much uh content that's relevant to your channel i guess if we talk about like media companies and tv mm-hmm. your channel would be the category that your that you your business plays in um and i think that's really cool and i, I hope that continues too yeah,
0: yeah you're pushing it out and also i feel like a, a big shift lately has been we don't necessarily need you to come read this content on our website Uh, you can, we're going to publish it as a Twitter thread. We're going to publish it in an email newsletter and our data is sophisticated enough that we are still building an audience that when the time comes, we can reach out to you, uh, with an important message because we can, segment out the folks who engage with our email newsletter every day or segment out the folks who engage with us on social or watch our videos. Uh, and I feel like that transition is leaving people behind. Like folks are still thinking of it as you have to come read our blog post and then you're in our system and stuff like that. But I think that's a, a big shift I've noticed with email and it's a big part of the strategies we write is like, you You can just write this on social and more people will read it. <laughs> if you write it as a Pulse blog oh, yeah. or a long post on Facebook or a Twitter thread or, yeah, just publish that blog post in the email. They never had to click on it. And uh, we all still got, they got value out of it. We get value out of it. It's It's a better experience for everyone, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And people consume content in different ways, mm. right? So some people, like I've had, who are just like oh no I prefer to read my content rather than watch a video I'm mm-hmm. like really or, or just like listen to it passively and they're like no I must sit there and read it I'm like wow <laughs> like what a, uh, like I, I listen to audiobooks like and I still am having a hard time consuming all that so that's pretty impressive that uh, people are really still digging deep into reading content but being able to utilize that blog content, in different uh, content mediums is super important too and you're right like the like data that you can capture because of it is 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 amazing so yeah that's awesome
1: well derek we've we've taken up a lot of your time we could talk forever and ever Sorry. but uh, i think we got to have you back on the show one day soon. absolutely
2: sure yeah um anytime let me know
0: where can folks learn more about you
2: uh sure yeah so it's the inboundlab.ca um, I am on Instagram and I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me at on LinkedIn as Derek Ovinga, um, or you can find me on Instagram at the underscore inbound underscore lab. Um, I'm starting to publish some YouTube stuff, but I'm trying to build that Aww. up before anybody before I promote it, which is great. But exciting um, inbound yeah,
0: marketer that's, that's
1: reacts. Me yeah
2: unboxing videos (laughs) yeah exactly it's like oh yeah here I am at the glass factory again (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome
1: well thank you so much for taking time out of your day buddy it was great chatting with you
2: thank you guys all right no thank you both really appreciate it
1: take care